Amen. You may be seated. So to prepare for this, my first sermon on my first St. Michael's Day as rector, I reread our parish's history. And it was so refreshing to be reminded of what a fun, faithful, funky community we are. So much has changed over these last 60 plus years. We have worshiped in different places. There have been ups and downs, moments of joy and heartbreak, and lots of interesting experiments over the year in this community. In fact, I heard yesterday that whenever the church was at its previous location at the Grove off Bee Caves Road, there was a lot of support for the idea of a very large neon sign that said, Jesus saves off West Bee Caves. <laughs> That's the type of community St. Michael's is. And though so much has changed over the years in this community, one thing struck me as remaining very consistent about us. We have always been a community with a deep desire to know the living God. And from that encounter, a church that says to the world, come and see. Come and see what Jesus is doing here. Come and know God in this place which is why today's gospel is so appropriate for St. Michael's Day. It is about Nathaniel coming to know God for the very first time. And so I want to talk about Nathaniel's encounter with Jesus, but to do so, we first have to understand something of Jacob's story, which is what today's reading from Genesis is all about, where Jacob is running away from his brother Esau. Now, as you may recall from your reading of the book of Genesis, Jacob did not have what one might call a stable family life. Jacob emailed Esau. No, he did not email him. He blackmailed him. <laughs> Would be interesting if he, he, he blackmailed Esau and stole his birthright. Esau then made plans to kill Jacob, and Jacob was forced to run away from home. And when Jacob fled from home, he had nothing. In fact, today's reading suggests that he fell asleep that first night with his head on a stone, a symbol for how difficult his life had become. And so Jacob is alone, and he feels utterly forsaken but that night, Jacob has a dream as he sleeps on that stone pillow where God is standing at his side. And God tells Jacob that he has been chosen, that he has been called. And in that dream, Jacob sees a ladder that connects heaven and earth with angels ascending and descending on top of it. But here's what strikes me. It was actually that first night away from home with his brother trying to kill him when his guilt and shame were at its worst. That is when God appears to Jacob. 
at his weakest, most desperate moment as he slept on that stone, that is when Jacob saw the heavens opened and God standing at his side. All right, now let's fast forward to Nathaniel. Like Jacob, his life is not going well, right? Something had to happen in Nathaniel's life to make him the sour, skeptical curmudgeon that he is. When told that the Messiah has been found in Nazareth, he sneers. Nazareth? That backwater place? Forget the Messiah. Can anything good at all come out of Nazareth? But then Jesus speaks the words that are able to get through to Nathanael's heart. Nathanael, I saw what happened to you under that fig tree just before Philip called you. And because Nathanael immediately worships Jesus as the Son of God, we can safely infer that whatever happened under that fig tree was so personal, so private, that for Jesus to have seen it and still welcome him, that this was enough to melt Nathanael's heart. Maybe he had a panic attack under that fig tree, or a moment of excessive guilt and shame, or maybe Nathaniel threw up a weepy prayer of last resort. But because Jesus goes out of his way to allude to Jacob's dream, we can safely infer that whatever happened under that fig tree was a low point in Nathaniel's life. His stone pillow that no one else knew about. But when it dawned on Nathaniel that Jesus knew about it, that Jesus understood, well, that's the moment Nathaniel knew God in a way he previously had not before. So here's my question Do we know? what Nathaniel and Jacob did, that Jesus Christ sees us under our fig tree, that God stands beside us on our stone pillow, that Jesus knows us at our absolute worst, and yet he still delights in calling us. C.S. Lewis was once asked by a group of his colleagues at Oxford about the uniqueness of Christianity, and he responded with a single word, grace. Christianity is about grace, and there is something about this church that has always understood that. It is on every page of our history that Jesus is not looking for people who know that they are strong, but people who understand that apart from God, they are weak. That it is not out of our strength or our competency that Jesus calls us, but always out of the experience of our weakness that we hear the call of God. There's a humbling verse in the book of Revelation where Jesus is pleading with the church because they're rich and they're prospering and they think they need nothing. And Jesus says, you forget 
that you're wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. And that's something so easily forgotten in today's world. It's easy to stay preoccupied and distracted with projects and people and pop culture and to live an entire life without ever knowing that, spiritually speaking, we are all beggars. And here's why that is so tragic. When we miss our stone pillow, we will miss the Savior who stands beside it, the one who knows us at our worst and yet still delights in calling us by name and claiming us as his own. I mean, have you ever noticed that there seem to be only two stock characters in the New Testament? There are the religious rule keepers. I'm thinking of the Pharisees, scribes, temple officials. And this group is usually portrayed as judgmental, joyless, critical, and legalistic. But on the other hand, there's the desperate, the morally, socially, and physically despondent the prostitutes, tax collectors, the blind, the lame, the leper, the prisoner, the demon-possessed, the Gentile. And here's the difference between the two groups. The second group knows really well what their stone pillow is. And they know that Jesus sees it and that he loves them and calls them anyway. And their response is always the same as Nathaniel's, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. Because the beauty of our faith is not only that Jesus stands beside us on our stone pillow, as wonderful as that is, the beauty of the Christian faith is that Jesus knows what it was like to fall asleep on that stone whatever our stone happens to be. Because the Gospel of John is really clear that Jesus isn't really from Nazareth at all. That his origin is as the pre-existent word that became flesh, that the Son of God existed before anything was made, and that all things were created through him and for him. And yet the mystery of our faith is that he entered our world not as a general, or a philosopher, or a king, but as a carpenter, that Jesus was born not in a palace, but a feeding trough, and that Jesus knew what it was like in his own life to fall asleep on a stone. Foxes have holes, birds have nests, he once said, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus was homeless, he was abandoned, and as he took his last breath on the cross, not one person stood beside him as he bore in his body the sins of the world. In other words, Jesus became wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked, so that in him we might all be rich in God beyond measure. And to the extent that we know that in our own life, we will trust Jesus enough to let him show us our fig tree, our stone pillow, a metaphor for our weakness, our fears, our mistakes, our prejudices, and our sins. 
Because the me that Jesus loves is not the same me that I now know. As St. Paul once put it, now we see in a mirror dimly, but not Jesus. Jesus always sees the new creation that God is bringing into being. And when we know that to be true in our own life, that is the moment we are empowered to say to other people what Philip said to Nathaniel, come and see. And St. Michael's has changed and evolved over the years, but one thing we have consistently done is reach out to Austin with that message, come and see someone who sees you. Come and see someone that loves you. Come and see someone who stands beside you. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus said to Nathaniel, you will see. You will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. My prayer is that what happened in Jacob's life, in Nathaniel's life, what's happened over and over and over again throughout our beautiful 63 years of ministry at this church, would happen in our life as together we keep writing the history of St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin together. That more and more will come and see that their stone pillow, their fig tree, is nothing more than an opportunity for God to shower them with grace. Because there is a ladder, an angel-filled ladder that connects heaven and earth, but note, it's not a ladder that we climb up. It's a ladder that God has climbed down so that he could live and die as one of us to reconcile the whole creation to God. And what this means is that we do not need to save ourselves or hide from ourselves or hide from God. Jesus sees us under our fig tree Jesus stands beside us on our stone pillow. Jesus knows us at our worst. Jesus knows us at our best. And yet he still delights in calling us. Amen.